It's the Lowdown on Sports 1440. Love hearing her voice. What a talented artist. Lowdown is driven by Wolf GMC Buick. New name, same great team. Find them on the corner of 184th Street and Stony Plain Road. WolfGMCBuick.com. I saw Anne Marie live years ago. And the band was perfect. Her voice is just, like, stunningly good. And she did this thing that... um stylistically you knew it wasn't the the actual record because she was singing you know it, the cadence was just a little different but honestly she was just so ta- I was just in awe of her ability to sing a song and move you and and you recognized it but it was it was different enough to make you happy that you were sitting there watching her live um really really impressive artist not like us. I mean, you know, we show up and do the same thing every day. I mean, it's, I mean, it's. Well, sometimes we th- we show up and throw our parents under the bus and <laughs> alienate the text line. But yeah, you're right. More or less, we do the same thing day in day out. You you um, you paid a price though. I mean, people were mad at you. My parent, my dad, sent me a photo of the will and said, "Enjoy not being in this anymore, buddy." And uh, that was about all she wrote. Uh. Well, you're a good son. I'm sure you're in the will. No, I mean, probably not a big part of it. You've got a brilliant sister and a four-year-old brother. So, I mean, you know, you might get the all the taxidermy. I might get to drive them to the will reading. That might be what they leave me in the will. <laughs> you'll have to, to do a pulmonia. You'll have to take them by foot is what you'll have to do. Yeah, like a horse-drawn carriage, but yeah, on, yeah. on the horse. Or you're something. the horse, yeah. yeah. Yeah, that would be good. Okay, uh, it's time for NHL rumors. The Avalanche have a couple of injuries on the blue line. They are Kale McCarr and Bowen Byram. Jared Bednar said today one of the two will play on Wednesday. Not sure which one. That's uh, some major league talent that could be out of the lineup. Adam Ernie placed on waivers by the Edmonton Oilers. Uh, a lot of media, Jason Greger, Mark Spector, not sure who else are uh, saying that they believe it'll be Sam Gagne, which is often the case. Media very connected in this town. Uh, my belief is that it should be Raphael Lavoie. We'll see where the orders go, uh, and that'll be tomorrow morning. You'll hear it uh, noon tomorrow, or be claimed Adam Ernie will, and the orders will be free to go about their business and call, we'll say, one of the two. It could be Lane Peterson, but he's been hurt. Uh, I think Xavier Bargo is a, is a quality young player, but not quite NHL ready, and we'll see. Watch, it'll be Ben Gleason, who's, by the way, playing very well, as is Noel Hoffenmeyer. What else have we got for you? The Flames have recalled Connor Zari, who's a really good prospect. He has a six-game point streak in the minors uh, with the Calgary Wranglers, 10 points through six games to start the year. And mostly assists, but he's a real, real good player. Uh, Adam Rzichka has a shoulder injury, and he's day-to-day, so that may be where, where uh, this is uh, heading. I want to talk to you a little bit about the Boston Bruins, if I may. So I've been following the Bruins since 68 or 9. I remember when they got beaten in overtime by Jean Beliveau. I don't remember the date. Bruce McCurdy would. Bruce will be by tomorrow to ruin my life. But I remember that. And they've always had good centers. When I was young, it was uh, the depth chart was Phil Esposito, uh, Fred Stanfield, and Derek Sanderson. 
Sanderson was a great penalty killer. And then when he left, they recalled a guy named Greg Shepard, who was also very good. He was smaller. He was from North Battleford, Saskatchewan. And he was a terrific two-way guy. He could score 30 goals and, and save another 30. He was a very valuable player. And they've always had good centermen. But in early part of this century, they went to the draft one year. And in the second round, this is, always amazes me that they got him in the second round. In the second round of the 2003 draft, they picked up Patrice Bergeron. And he went right to the National Hockey League, right to the NHL. He didn't turn 20 until July of 85. In the fall of 03, yeah, he was born in July 25, so he wasn't 20 until 05. In 03 fall at 18, he played in the National Hockey League, scored 39 points, plus five, got into seven playoff games. He's very good. Now, the next year was the lockout year, so he played in the AHL, just shy of a point per game. Then he started a long run of, of brilliant seasons. If he was healthy, he was brilliant. And that lasted till 22 23. Uh, he obviously was part of the Stanley Cup winning team in 2011 and the teams that went deep in 2013 and 2019. And he played 170 playoff games. I think you could make a case, not saying he is, but he probably is the best center of my lifetime who played for the Boston Bruins. Phil Esposito would be the other guy that I would put in there. They were different players, but Bergeron was a 200-foot guy. So with that as a backdrop and... You know, to belabor the point even more with Bergeron, in 2022, in the second round of the draft, the the Boston Bruins drafted a man named Matthew Poitras from Ajax, Ontario, played for the Guelph Storm, and right-handed center. And, you know, he was drafted, he went down to the uh, junior again, had a much more impressive offensive season, and... He played the entire year in junior. So he turns 20 in March of next year. So he's 19 now. He's played nine games for the Boston Bruins. Three goals, five points. And today the Bruins have announced that he's staying in the NHL. They had to decide whether to send him back to Guelph or play. He's currently tied for sixth in team scoring, five points. Um, he is an exciting player. And quite frankly, they needed him. And he has been that. He's the only rookie along with John Beecher on the team. And damn, the Boston Bruins. Zach Benson is out week to week with an injury for Buffalo. I mentioned this earlier, but the Avalanche have recalled Caleb Jones. Drafted by the Oilers in 2015. Seth Jones' brother and... He's now in Colorado, and they recalled him, along with Riley Tufty. Brandon Bureau, local player, um, he has been called up to replace Zach Benson with Buffalo. Kevin Korczynski is staying on the roster of the Chicago Blackhawks. Sam Bennett was hurt last night against the Boston Bruins. Left leg injury. I don't think we've gotten a report. Uh, Matt Greslick from Bruins also left that game with an injury. Loadside, if I may interject here quickly, according to our very own Jason Greger tweet that came down a couple minutes ago, Woodcroft confirms Gagne will be coming up to replace Ernie. Okay. Should be Raphael Lavoie. I would just say that. 
Gagne is not, no, Lavoie is not a speed demon either. Gagne is not fast. They do need to add some offense. So I get the idea about Sam Gagne and he's played well down there. But I think that's a mistake. That's just my opinion. I am not a general manager of an NHL team. Raphael Lavoie should be the guy. Brown's agent deserves kudos for that deal. Maybe the Oilers should hire him. I'm not as upset about that deal as a lot of people are. You know, I, I think the Oilers needed a guy. They felt Yamamoto wasn't it, and they couldn't afford to keep him because they needed to use that money on Evan Bouchard. And so they got a guy at 775, and the the other shooter drop was the bonus. And I know it's a lot. You'd like it to be less, but you know what? Players have rights too, and they negotiated it, and... I think he's going to be a really good player for this team. He's getting better every game, and we'll see. Who do you think this call-up should be, Low Tide? LOL. Well, I'm making my point as strong as I can. I think the orders are are um, doing themselves a disservice. Even if you just call Lavoie up and, and give him some time on the third line and create some trade value, and maybe you deal him at the deadline. But... It's not like Gagne's a bad choice. He's played really well down there. Lotai just joining. Can you let me know how you'd fit Lavoie in the top six role? Gagne can play fourth line. Don't want Lavoie there. I've mentioned this before. I'd put him on the third line with McLeod and Brown. He could play left wing. That's the position he's most comfortable with in the minor leagues. Two thousand three draft drafting was a cap shootout crap shoot after the first round. Twenty twenty two draft, the COVID shutdowns will result in many later picks better than early picks. The two thousand three draft I had I think I had Bergeron in the first round. It's not like he was an unknown. He just slipped a little bit. And that does happen. Gags back up with the big club is just such a good feel moment. Well, I, I think it is. He's a great a great oiler. This will be the third time he's played uh with the team. And he has really good hands. He can pass. He will help the offense on the third and fourth line. Where do you see Jake Sanderson in five years as far as being ranked in the top for NHL defensemen from Dave? Hard to say. Five years is a long time, especially for defensemen, but he's very good. I was just about to reply to that. I was thinking he could be a he could be a top seven defenseman in the next five years' time. He could be. But you know, the 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 thing I've learned about defensemen is when you're projecting five years into the future, be careful. Be careful, because defensemen can go sideways on you in a hurry. They can get hurt. They can fall off offensively quicker than forwards. There's a lot about defensemen that are not. That's why, I, you know, if you're drafting a defenseman and, you know, number one overall, you better be right, because they can get hurt easier. What was the purpose of that long-winded story? Well, that's what we do here. Uh... That's sort of the show. I didn't know we were doing NHL rumors. I can throw some up that will get listeners in an uproar. King of Fernassi. I, I, I'll say this, that, that Oiler fans are, I think they're pretty content with this team right now. Probably too content. I, I, I think this team, the top two lines are playing well. The three pairs are playing well. And the goaltending is but they ha- they have they really do have to get going on third and fourth lines. If you look at the time on ice for the big players a, a game ago, it's a concern. If you look at the 
five-on-five points per 60 for all the players who played in the bottom six, it's zero. They've got, they've scored nothing at five-on-five. All of the scoring in five-on-five has been by the big gunners. And the big gunners are um, Kane, McDavid, Hyman, Leon Dreisaitl, Ryan Nugent Hopkins, and Warren Fogle. Connor Brown has played in the third line, and he doesn't have any points. You need you need a little bit of offense. We can't get slower. Well, okay, but I Sam Gagne is not a burner. I love Anne Murray too, low tide, but why play her singing a Beatles song? Why not? She sang the hell out of it. That's a great record. I bought the 45. That's how old I am. Anne Murray can sing. I don't think she's ever done a bad song. She's really good. Check it out. Check out the Croonin album or or any of her old This Is My Way, any of the older songs uh, that she did, Put Your Hand in the Hand, Snowbird, um, you know, Cotton Jenny. She's just really talented. Holloway should go down and play center, if not on the orders now. McLeod skates like the wind, but plays on the perimeter all the time, not physical. McLeod's problem is that he's coming back from an injury. He, he's going to be fine. He's scored two years now in a row at five on five. He will score. He will. It's just that he's not scoring right now. And it's because of the injury. Maybe Gagne's the key. Preach LT. This is what Holland's let them uh, over ripen down on the farm. Doctrine looks like, but not faulting it's right or wrong, just what he does. Yeah, I, I think you're right. I just think that he that, that Lavoie should be up. What's the deal with McLeod? Is he actually a good player? When I watch him, see a smooth skate of unproductive offensively, unproductively defensively. Looks a lot like Luis Mendoza. I, I, I think he's a good player. I think he's coming back from injury. And it's really easy to get down on a player and get frustrated with him. But I don't think the order should. I think he's a really good player, and he needs to skate. He needs to get his timing back, and he needs to catch up. LOL, Oilers and Oilers fans fall in love with players instead of a business. Still hear people say, get Hall back, get Everly back, etc. Well, Gagne doesn't, he just costs a contract, right? It's not like the Oilers are giving up a player or a prospect to get him here. You know, and he uh, down on the farm, he played with Lane Peterson and Xavier Borgo, and that line was very compelling. They were the most reductive line when he was down there. Lavoie is 24, not much development left in him. Call him up. Could Gagne be the guy because Lavoie is part of trade talk? Nah. No, it's too early to do that. And Lavoie's trade value I don't think would be very high. Lavoie has some needed sandpaper in his game, too. Gagne does not from Jamie. Well, I don't, like, that I don't think you can over, like, he got in a fight. But I've watched uh, Lavoie play a lot, and he's not really a rugged kind of guy. He's big, and he is learning to be a bully. But I think he's a skilled bully and not really, uh, like, I don't think you should expect him to fight. Still not a Nugent fan. Don't like it in chocolate either, LOL. Well, Nugent Hopkins has been really good this year, I think, and last year. Low Tide, would you rather have Sam Gagne or Raphael Lavoie? I'm thinking for the year, and now Sam Gagne might be the better pick defensively. I can't agree with that. Bottom six has been a problem since the Anaheim series. Actually, the bottom six last year was good. They 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 had it. Now they've lost it. they got to get it back again. 
If they sent down Broberg, would you call up Gleason or Lavoie? Well, you'd have to call up Gleason or another defenseman because they'd only have six, right? Why does this hockey team always want to recycle old player careers? Players' careers. Sam Gagne should be retiring. I saw him the other night. I've seen him two or three times in whatever games he's played in the AHL. He's really good down there. I, I think with the puck on his stick, he'll be fine. I don't think he's fast. I do think that he is... Um, he has problems recognizing danger, but I think Sam Gagne is a good player. I think he can play here. I'm not content with this team. They're not fast enough. Holloway needs to find his game in the AHL for at least some games. Honestly, he plays like a center. Lavois should come up and play in Holloway's place. Well, it's Gagne. So based on Jay Woodcroft, we believe Jay Woodcroft. Like he said, he told Jason Greger that it's Lavois. I'm sorry that it's Gagne coming up, so we know that now it's established. I appreciate where Derek Ryan has a good analytics, which I don't pay attention to, but then I watch him. He's such a bad dead spot for offense. He scored a bit when he's jumped up in the line of the past few years, but he gets pushed around. It's kind of spot we need to upgrade. Just my opinion. He is so smart. He's in the NHL because he's so smart. I don't have any problem with that. Robert Urick played Peter Campbell on soap at least for the first year. He's very good. LT, as I always say, you're right, and I agree with you. If you ever want your your text read, you just go ahead and do that. Our text number is 833-401-1440. Daniel Nugent Bowman is on the way. We're brought to you by Wolf GMC Buick. This is the Lowdown with Low Tide on Sports 1440. It's the Lowdown on Sports 1440, driven by Wolf GMC Buick. New name, it's the same great team. Find them on the corner of 184th Street and Stony Plain Road. Joined now by our friend Daniel Nugent Bowman from The Athletic. Uh, Daniel, are you, are you thawed out? Are you ready after the outdoor game? And, uh, what do you think the Edmonton Oilers are doing? that has worked out the last, I think, couple of games uh, that maybe they weren't doing earlier on? I am definitely thought out. Uh, although it's probably colder here. I'm, I'm at the rink right now. It's probably colder in the rink than it was uh, outside during the at least the Sunday portion of, of the weekend, the game. It was uh, it pretty, pretty chilly here uh, at the Oilers' home rink. So well, they don't want... It, uh, yeah, go they, ahead. Sorry. They don't want you loitering, Daniel. They want you to get in. <laughs> Get out. Yeah, yeah. Go away. <laughs> Great unwashed. Get out of here. Um, I was down at ice level, actually, Saturday, and it was um, it was a little chillier, but I did have long johns and my thickest gloves, so I was fine. And then, and then Sunday, I wasn't really outside at all, so I can't, I can't complain. Uh, you did ask me a question there, and now I kind of forget what it was. Well, <laughs> I, I, well, I, it was a, it was a, a prolonged bo- two questions, so I should have broken it up. My fault. Uh, what, like, I think Skinner's playing better. I think the defense is coming along. There, there seems to be a little traction for this team where maybe it wasn't there earlier. Oh yeah, the hockey team. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, yeah. I, th- I think uh, Saturday or Sunday rather was their best complete most complete game of the season i mean sure they blew out nashville but you know shots weren't uh, i don't even think they were in the oilers favor that game i think that was certainly jack campbell's best game and, and the Oilers played had enough offense but you know more aggressive defensively uh skinner um his play was pretty good in that game he allowed the two goals both on, on power plays at the end of at the end of uh, power plays um and they were playing a lot more as as you know Zach Hyman said, as Jay Woodcroft said, a lot more like themselves. And uh, that, that means speed off the rush, uh, more aggressive. 
Um, yeah, certainly the best game and, and, and something for them to build on here um, as they prepare for Thursday uh, against Dallas. They're... There does seem to be some good things happening. I think, I think the, the nurse CC pairings doing well or Ekholm's a little more, uh, himself now. Bouchard is playing well with him. Third pair looks good. Goaltending we've talked about looks pretty solid too. Um, the top two lines are playing well. That third line has been an issue. And do you think that directly led to Adam Ernie being placed on waivers today? Well, Jay Woodcroft, it's pretty rare for him to be as blunt as he was today. He did call it concerning, you know, that that third line were eight games into the season. They don't have any points. Now, Dylan Holloway and Ryan McLeod and, and, and uh, Connor Brown, I think they're doing a lot of good things. Like, they're keeping the pucks mostly on the other team's end. But, you know, if push comes to shove, you do need some to to uh, pot a few here. Uh, that hasn't happened. And, and they really have, uh, you know, given that they've played – um, 11 forwards for so long here, they really have what Jay Woodcock would consider a bottom five, and that bottom five isn't really going. And to the point where um, there are a lot of shifts where Ryan McLeod was the fourth line center uh, against Calgary, and Connor McDavid early on dry saddle was between Brown and Holloway. So, um, yeah, they need to get a little bit more out of the bottom, the bottom end of the forward group. Uh, and you're bringing up Sam Gagne. Um, as as uh, Jay Woodcroft confirmed, uh, it was going to be a veteran. They want somebody who could kind of fill kind of that bottom six role a little more, um, which, you know, I think they, what, you know, the people are going to be screaming that it's not, uh, not uh, Raphael Lavoie, you know, the AHL player of the week, but I think they really want him to get a good stretch of games here in the AHL and prove that he can that he can play in the NHL. And I think you probably want him to be in the top nine role, given the lack of special teams time, time that he would get with the Oilers. Whereas, you know, somebody like Gagne can come up, certainly knows the city, certainly knows the team. A lot of the guys in the room very well um, uh, can kill penalties. Um, and a push could play in the, on the second power play if you, if you needed him to. He'll get a little bit more. Um, he'll, he'll get more opportunities, I think, than somebody like Adam Ernie did. Uh, who certainly was not going to play on the power play and was very uh, low or, or down the lineup option on the penalty kill. So Jay Woodcroft said he didn't give uh, Ernie much uh, much help or, or whatnot on on Sunday. Didn't play him very much. Um, but part of that is uh, part of that was the penalty. All the amount of penalties that were, were called in that game that the eight the Oilers took. But uh, you know, certainly not a player that uh, was was anything more than a twelfth forward on this team. Gagne does bring more offense, and he's got great hands. He's played very well in Bakersfield. Do you see him? You mentioned power play. Do you see him maybe getting sliding in on the second power play, or is that a dream? It could happen, especially if if Connor Brown doesn't doesn't produce. I mean, the the, the three the, you know they use the three forwards and two D on the second power play. Uh, mostly been a Vander Kane. Although I guess he, his time. Uh, on the first unit, I think it was exclusively when the, the two games that Connor McDavid was out. So it's been Kane, uh, Ryan McLeod, and and um, and Connor Brown. And, and again, those those two guys, McLeod and and Brown, are, are still pointless eight games into the year. So uh, that second power play, of course, doesn't get a lot of time anyway. But I could see, you know, in time, Sam Gagne getting getting a few looks on that unit. 
It's uh, Daniel Nugent Bowman joining us from The Athletic uh, on Sports 1440. This is a nice little window here for them to make a recall like Gagne. Uh, they're going to be playing Dallas. Dallas will have played three and four and back-to-back when they do play. And then Nashville, there's there's uh, you know an opportunity here for this team to make hay uh, and and kind of just in time. But the other side of that is this would be, uh, if they get rolling, they've got so much talent, I, I feel like they could go on a huge run here. Sure, and then uh, following Nashville, which is a team that they've had a little success against uh, in recent years, uh, they go on the road in Vancouver. Obviously, they probably be pretty fired up to play the Canucks after losing the two, and then um, uh, they got they got uh, San Jose, the worst team in the in the league, and, and Seattle, who's struggled out of the gate too. So, uh, this is a real, to your point, Al, a real opportunity for them to to make hay and. Um, you know, I think David coming back in the lineup certainly gives them a jolt, and and it's those things that we've talked about with them playing a bit better defensively, and, and the goaltending perhaps coming along a little bit here. Um, this is a real chance for the Edmonton Oilers to show who they really are and, and prove that they're a top team um, in this league. I, I think they're going to need to get probably seven points, maybe at least in in these uh, next five games to to kind of start making a, a bit of a push here and work their way up the standings. The 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 October numbers in and they're not terribly encouraging. Uh, they they did have a, a a really strong expected goal share and their power play worked out well. Uh, the overall save percentage was the worst in the division, and their their goal share was very poor as well. Um, but some of the underlying numbers are good. I just found that they were making mistakes enough of them at critical junctures. I'll use Evan Bouchard not to pick on him, but as an example who bobbled the puck a little bit or was slow to recognize danger. It seems like they've tightened that up a little bit. Has it just been a matter of, of, you know, whether it's a meeting or the coach get haranguing them? It seems like they are paying a little more attention. Maybe the hangover from last spring is gone. Yeah, and I think that was uh, something that, that caught my eye, and I talked to a couple of players today, uh, a couple of a year, I guess I should say, when Zach Hyman spoke after the Thursday loss um, uh, last week, he, I guess the Rangers, he was saying, like, we've still got last year kind of uh, in our minds, or, or I, I'm, I'm paraphrasing, I can't remember exactly how he phrased it, but um, I think they're really, you know, especially with tweaking some of the systems, um, you know, I think they've been injured. I know you've written, written and talked about that, Al, you know, with the with McLeod and, and certainly now McDavid and Ekholm, especially to start training camp and into the, the start of the year. Um, they were a bit banged up, um, but they're always going to come back, at least you would think, they're always going to come back a bit more uh, to, to more of their norms, just in the sense of uh, very poor on-ice shooting percentage for this team when they have so much star power. Um you know, we talked about you, or you mentioned the save percentage, um, high danger chances. Uh, goaltenders couldn't stop any of those, and that was the kind of the biggest uh, aspect of that. And so, some of that stuff was always like they're not going to have the worst save percentage in the league, and they're not going to have one one of, if not the lowest shooting percentage. There's just no way with with this caliber of team. So, you kind of just work those things back to their norms, and you're you're already in, in a better boat. So, um, yeah, they needed to t- tighten things up defensively. There's no question. Um, you know, the 27 goals I think through their first seven games is just not good enough. It was worse than uh, than than they were in the playoffs when they were trying to correct those issues. So, um, a lot of that I think will uh, get sorted out. But they they did need a bit of a wake up call early too. 
So tonight, Halloween, if the trick-or-treaters can climb the giant gate, uh, run faster than the dogs, jump over the moat, and beat your giant, what kind of uh, candy will they be getting when they say trick-or-treat? You are thinking of the wrong house, I'll tell you that. I'll tell you that much. Uh, they'll be sorely disappointed because no one will be home because we're taking the kids out, uh, my wife and I. So uh, we've, got, we've got Elsa and a bumblebee. So uh, that, that are going to be hitting the streets tonight. Uh, yeah, three and a half year old daughter who's, who's Elsa clearly, and, and my son who's ten is a bumblebee. Uh, Mom and dad are are, uh, are uh, I think figuring out. I actually know my my wife is matching her son. Uh, she's the queen bee of the family anyway, and I, I think I'm going to repeat the the firefighter uh, nice. costume that I had last nice. year. So uh, I, I'm not 100 percent. That may be a game time decision. I think the other three are set, but. Uh, uh, yeah, we'll be going to to get some candy. And the good news, the best part, you know, my son doesn't even have teeth yet, so uh, they better be loading his his. Uh, well, he's got a couple, but uh, they better be loading his up because uh, dad was dad and mom will cash in, uh, especially on his. My daughter's getting into it now, but uh, she can't eat all that, so we'll get some of hers too. It's a great time. All of those outfits that you guys are going to wear are from The Godfather, the first one. So that's quite the tough bunch you've got going out there tonight. <laughs> well, I don't know. Like we we do have a princess in the group. Come on, yeah. We're, we, we've got, I didn't want to call you uh, out, you know. <laughs> so uh, we we do have. Uh, it is a little bit mild, at least on on one of uh, one of the four of us. But my my son's bumblebee outfit does have a stinger on it. So well, you better, there you uh, go. You better watch out if uh, if he doesn't get the right candy. So we'll use it on mom and dad's behalf. Wherever you guys are, it's the mean streets tonight. There's no doubt about it. <laughs> Thank you, Daniel. All right, talk to you soon now. All right, that's Daniel Nugent Bowman. That's a that's a really sweet story. I remember um my son the first time he went trick or treating with me, uh that he was aware that we were trick or treating. I it must have been three, I don't remember. And he didn't want to go. And I, I said, Well let's go, let's go ring the doorbell and he was very shy. And um we rang the doorbell, trick or treat and so they opened the door and he stood there and they gave him candy and they talked to him a little bit and he said whatever he said. So the the first door we went to, he he was I had to kind of push him and, and you know almost carry him up to the door. After that, uh, he'd run, he'd fall down, all the candy would sp- spill all over the place. I'd have to pick it up for him, and then he would run. He was he became instantly instantly a fan of Halloween. Loved it. What was your experience early in your Halloween career? I I remember going as like a firefighter every year from when I was like three until like seven or eight. I uh, but yeah, I loved it. I loved going door to door. I like I think I realized very very early on. I was like, oh my goodness, like this, this is just free candy. Like they're just piling me with free candy, and I get as much as I want. No one can no one can turn me down if I knock on their door. Like it was, it was something like that. So yeah, that was that was it. I wasn't you know spilling the bag as I ran away from the house or anything. But I was uh, my parents they they would take it and then they would give it to me like in my lunch when I would go to school and I would have it as like. But a But you had a lunch. few pieces that night. Oh, though. of course, yeah, yeah. You always have a couple that night. But I didn't like hoard it in my room and have it at my own will. My parents had like took it and they gave me two or three. So yeah. You seem bitter. No, 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 no. Is this why the? It was it was good to do it that way because like I would have eaten myself sick if I uh, if I did if I did all that. But the way they did it, yeah, they would give me a couple pieces of my lunch, maybe go trade with other kids, and it was a nice treat to look forward to. Maybe a piece after dinner, like it was cool. Did uh, that explain the rage that you showed yesterday towards your parents? Maybe that's... No, I love my parents. I I hope they weren't listening. Well, I mean, you know, apparently they didn't. 
uh, escaped the gunfire in Somalia, I think is what you said. I did. Yeah. It might, that might have been a little, little bit of an overreaction. How does it make you feel up? when you say things like that about your parents? Pretty bad. Um, pretty bad. I, I just hate that there's this notion out there now that I don't appreciate and love my parents. Listen, I was I was rambling. I was on the spot. I misspoke. Declan? I apologize. Declan, you're a good guy. Thank Everybody you. knows Thank you, you love Lota. your parents. It's all good. Thank you, Lota. Do, well, now they do. We do. We do like teasing you, though. So expect more more of this because we as a group are terribly immature and we delight in your discomfort. That's sort of the show. All right. Uh, we're, well, I was just being honest with him. Now he knows where he stands See and these what texts? we'll do. Stop picking on the poor guy. My goodness, <laughs> listen to the text line. Thank you, Ear Candy. Well, there you go. Lowdown is driven by Wolf GMC Buick. This is the Lowdown on Sports 1440. It's the Lowdown on Sports 1440, driven by Wolf GMC Buick. New name, it's the same great team. Find them on the corner of 184th Street and Stony Plain Road. Boy, that song rocks. The original with Dave Dudley has some of the coolest country guitar you're ever going to hear. It's like from the 60s or whatever, but they were hammering that thing. Um, okay. Mm. The deadline is passed or is about to pass for the NFL trades, right? Yes, that is correct. I believe, I believe it's 2 p.m. Eastern is the trade deadline. And... Douglas got traded. They Packers traded uh, Douglas. Is that correct? Uh, I hadn't heard that. That's no. news to me. I'll look into it right now. Yeah, that's an interesting trade. Uh, I, th- I, th- I mean, I don't. That's not my area of expertise, but I think that's a good trade for the Bills. They needed somebody. I've been following Travis Yost, and that would appear to be a pretty darn good pickup for the Buffalo Bills. Well, listen, I was on the Fantasy Frenzy earlier today with Hallie and Douglas, and they said, Declan, what do you want the Bills to target? And I said, listen, Kyrie Lamb hasn't maybe turned into the guy we thought he was going to be in that secondary. Tredavious White is hurt. I think we got to go out and get a cornerback. And here we do. Here we do it. So, Razul Douglas, Bills Mafia, we're happy to have you. So, is he is he a perfect fit, or is he a good fit? Is he what they needed, ideally, or do they maybe... Well, I think this is a Bills team that needs to play more zone coverage than man. I don't think they have the talent in the secondary right now to play man-to-man across the board and just play a lot of cover zeros, things like that, and let the edge rushers do their thing. I think they need to zone it out, and I think Razul Douglas fits that, yeah. Yeah, it's... Have the Eagles done anything? I haven't seen anything. Not um, that I've seen, which right. is shocking. And listen, I'm I'm keeping tabs on everything. I'm refreshing all the pages. I'm texting Shefty, and uh, nothing's come in yet. But you <laughs> thought they would be a team to make a splash because they always seem to go and get yeah. the uh, the the Fabergé egg. I know like that uh, uh, the Vikings have traded Ezra Cleveland to the Jaguars. Yeah, that's crazy. So they trade for Josh Dobbs, and then they trade away an interior lineman to protect him. It doesn't seem to make a lot of sense. And he's a really good young young offensive lineman there as well. He would have been good to build for the future. But I mean, smarter minds than me are NFL GM, so I'll, I'll give them the benefit of the doubt. Yeah, I'm looking right now. It doesn't appear as though they've done anything. That Chase Young thing seems to have uh, been the big story. 
I don't know, but Douglas is a, is Douglas a bigger story than that? No, no, no. Chase Young's definitely. Listen, Chase Young is an unbelievably talented guy. He was the second overall pick back in 2020. I mentioned that earlier. Mike Tomlin one time before a game uh, against the Commanders went up to Chase Young and said, "I hope I'm never in a position where my team has to has to draft a guy as good as you." And Mike Tomlin singing your praises like that, the whole world now knows how good he is. Now he does have the injury issues, but he's by far the biggest name, by far the most talented guy that got traded, and he got traded to a very, very good situation in San Fran. I noticed, uh, like, Jerron Christian just signed with Cleveland. Is it is it kind of a, a, a deadline day, too, where you've got to have guys under contract, uh, or am I misreading? No, no, you don't have to. But, I mean, listen, if, you, if you're trading a guy for some picks and you're, you're salary dumping and you can bring in a guy who's X amount under what you were going to be paying the other guy, you're going to be doing things like that, so. Yeah. Yeah, it's a, I, I love trade deadlines. They're awesome. Oh, they're so fun. So fun. You know, and... uh the Bears should be unloading. The Raiders should be unloading. Who else should be unloading? Like, just unload the chamber. Like, just get it. Washington should be, and it looks like they are. Yeah. So that's good. Uh, I mean, if I'm Carolina, like, they don't have a lot of guys they can trade outside Brian Burns, who they're not going to let go. But that's enough. I would just get as many picks as I can. I mean, if you can... If you can get a first round pick back for this upcoming draft and get it from a, you know, an, another team that's going to be in a tough position, but maybe you give Brian Burns, who's a great player, for a couple first round picks and you go out and you get a guy like Marvin Harrison Jr. This is obviously wishful fantasy thinking, but if you can get him, pair him up with Bryce Young, that offense can be dynamic for years to come. So. Well, and it's the, the fun thing about it is that if your team is a contender, this is a great day because you're adding, but if your team is sucky, then it's a great day because yes. you can talk about the draft. Exactly. You, you know? can always you can always look ahead to the future and say, yeah, you know what? But hey, we got a couple first round picks next year. It's looking okay. So it's a great day for everybody. Yeah, I want to draw your attention to this because we're we're you know coming down the stretch here. We're done all our breaks, right? Um, is this correct? We're done all our breaks. We do just one last one. We got about uh, ten or eleven minutes here. Okay. Uh, Scott Wheeler is a, a very fine writer for the Athletic. Uh, I read him all the time. I also read Corey Brown, and they're both brilliant. He has a uh, a really long and interesting and informative article on Bo Akey and why he is already one of the top prospects for the Edmonton Oilers. And I highly recommend it. I just retweeted uh, his tweet, and that's something that um, I, I think you'll find worthwhile. I really do. He's... Uh, uh, they do fantastic work over there. Um, Barry Colts GM and coach Marty Williamson said there just aren't many guys who can skate like Bo. He can pull away from guys. He can catch guys from behind. He can defend just about anybody because he's got great feet. Well, he's got a good one there. He did, they did not have a second round pick, but I think they got a, I'm sorry, they did not have a first round pick. I think they got a first round talent in Bo Ike. And I know that the Oilers scouting staff often um, gets ripped, but I think they did a really good job there. They didn't have a lot. Yeah. I think people are, are pretty pleased that Sam Gagne has been recalled. Um, he's a guy, I think, I'm going to look it up here. I don't want to be wrong on this, but I think that he is... This will be his third time with the team. He played with them from 07 to uh, 2014. No, 2014, yeah. 07 to 14. Uh, and then in 18, 19, and 19, 20. And this will be the third time. 
He has 1,015 games, 519 points. What I'd like to see, and I mentioned this when they signed him to the PTO, is you, you might see him sign, play some games, get some playoff games. They win Stanley. And if you're, if you're trying to, to put a story together about this, which we all will, who, those who write about the orders, that's not a bad angle. You know, in 2007, he came here, he'd come out of the Russian, uh, the series against the, some kind of a, I can't remember what it was called, but it was a Russian late summer series. Might have even been on in August. And he was so far ahead of everybody at training camp, he made the team and he had 49 points as a rookie. And he was on a kid line with Robert Nielsen and Andrew Cogliano. And he played well. And that started his career, but they were, they were not a good team. They had very good coach in Craig McTavish, but they didn't have any depth and their veterans were poor or many of them were. And they couldn't get anywhere. They had no traction. But that's where he started, right at the beginning of what would be called the, the InfiniBuild. And he was, he was, he was a fun player to watch. And they, they moved him off of center. I can't remember the year, but they had uh, Horkoff and then Nuge came in. So it would have been maybe 2011. And he did spend some time on the wing. Then he went off and played for Philadelphia, Columbus, Vancouver, the Marlies, Detroit, Winnipeg, and Bakersfield so far this year, where he's three games and five points. He's played very well down there. And now he's back with the big team. We'll see where he plays. I don't think he'll play ahead of Connor Brown. I know he won't play ahead of Zach Hyman. And I doubt he plays ahead of Warren Fogle. So that likely would be the fourth line, but we'll see. His dad was an NHL player. What has got Teddy Purcell? Remember that? For him back in the day. Play more Trucker Tunes. I love Trucker Tunes. Um, Truckin' by the Grateful Dead. Very good song. Uh, Highway Star by Deep Purple. Another great one. Amy Double Eagle Band and Pure Prairie League. Like the Pure Prairie League version better. Well, they're, yeah, you're right. They're very good. Pure Prairie League's a good band. So is Poco, by the way. Nobody ever gives Poco any credit. Play Poco. When you're on your, do you have that? Do you, do you play the music on the, on the Spotify? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. You got to look up like Crazy Love by Poco. Okay. The last recommendation you gave me was pretty good. I, look, I forget what it was, but you told me to go look something up. I did, and I enjoyed it. Mm-hmm. Can't remember it, but it was good, Al. Yeah, well, no, so I good. mean, okay, yeah, fair so point. Good. I guess it couldn't have been that good, I but I remember liking it, it at, at the my time. My life is making a difference that I recommend to you things that you listen to and then completely forget about. Listen, it. we got to call a spade a spade. It was never going to work itself into the regular rotation, but for a spot listen, I was okay oh, with it. Oh, my God, you hurt me. I try and try and try, and yet nothing. Also, I'm sitting here telling you you gave me a great suggestion, and I'm appreciative, and all you can do is grumble at me. So, I mean, you know, pod calling the kettle black. I, I have to tell you, I, I, I live, I live for moments where you push back. That's when you, when you reach out and just slap me, just, just absolutely annihilate me and I'm bleeding. That's when this show will have reached a new level. You know, when you just, when you slap back so hard that people are like, whoa, 
That's the good stuff. And it'll be a literal slap, and Jason will walk in here and be like, Al, is, is everything okay? And you'll turn to him and say, it was the best show we've ever had. <laughs> I will. And then later in our time together, I will turn on you and make up things that make you look bad. What do you mean later? <laughs> no, I'll, doing that. I'll come back to it. How's okay. that? Uh, Halloween on the acreages, LLT country kid here. Halloween on the acreages, man on the back uh, of a hay wagon pulled by a tractor getting homemade candy, apples, popcorn balls, hot chocolate, and full-size chocolate bars only because, what are you doing? Only because 20 kids went to 10 houses, fondly remembered, Mark the Keeper. What are you doing over there? Well, as you know, Jason's uh, show is on YouTube after us, so I'm just adjusting the camera, making sure everything looks good for uh, when we got to get going with him there. Well, I'm, I'm. Are we not doing the show? No, we're doing the show. But okay, when well, you get what in are your you mode, piddling and diddling around here? Listen, when you get in your mode and you're reading the text line and you're and you're going off and the eyes roll in the back of the head, honestly, I, I take God, I take I my know. foot off the gas pedal and I say he's going now. I got to ride passenger seatbelts on. I'm trying do what to I can. do the show and you're fiddling around with the cameras and I'm losing focus and I'm an old man over here. I'm doing my best Sorry. and driving slow in the slow lane and you're you know, LT, stop picking on the poor guy. Do it for your kids. <laughs> <laughs> ah, that's good. That's good. You're never going to live that down. Halloween treats. Let that get this straight. Nestle 125 pack includes Smarties, Kit Kat, Arrow, and Coffee Crisp. But I give those to my daughter if any left over uh, overnight. She loves the Coffee Crisp. They are good. I do. That's what I buy. But here's my problem with that, and it is a problem. If I buy 125 today. 125 has to leave the house or I'll eat them. And I have made it my goal in life. If I'm going to eat chocolate, I want chocolate cake with chocolate icing. Homemade. I'm not wasting my chocolate. Do you do the thing where if it's like the end of the night, like trick-or-treaters are winding down and you still have 80 chocolate bars left, you're, you're giving them all 80? Well, I will I will try to give them all away. Yeah. I, like, well, what usually happens, I don't know where you live. Um, but we're in the, the area I live in, um, about eight thirty, eight forty-five. there are, I would say teenagers, but not like 18, they're 16, maybe they come to the door with great big pillows and mm. I will load them up. Oh, wow. You know, I will, because I mean, what the hell they're, this is probably their last chance Texaco to trick or treat because everybody's going to start calling them out. Yeah, it's true. So, you know, I, I want to give them a good send off. But counterpoint, I know, I know you're living the high life in the Calabasas of Edmonton. They don't need all that extra chocolate. Well, I don't understand. <laughs> this is the entire event is not about what you need. We're not, we're not, okay. you know, th this is like, this is like, a community doing something really sweet for kids. And these kids who come later in the evening, like, you know, not later on, but I mean like 8.30, they've done it for years. This is maybe their last chance because next year they're going to be, you know, <clears throat> have a car and then girls are important and all the stuff that you've done, $700 running shoes boy. Mm -hmm. And so all of that's going to start taking. So this is like their last chance Texaco. I don't mind helping them out. Okay, I respect. That's a beautiful sentiment. I respect that. Well, I mean, I, I it's better than me eating them. I mean, I, like, I do you know how much stuff I put in my face over the years? It's like it's, it's you know, it's embarrassing. So I'm not doing that. Why would the organization pass over Lavoie? 
Why is this team never a meritocracy? Uh, Jason Greger said uh, to us yesterday on the show, he said that he felt like Lavoie wouldn't be the recall because he wasn't going to get enough playing time. So that's probably it. I think it's a mistake. Um, this is news. Uh, this is news. I need to break this. Okay. This is from Ched. Uh, the Canadian press is reporting, according to two sources, that Neil Lumsden, who won three Grey Cups as a fullback for Edmonton, has emerged as a candidate for the Elks' full-time president position. That would be interesting. Neil Lumsden's name has a lot of credibility. I think that might be a really good choice. Just push low tide down the stairs, Robin Brownlee. is so kind. So kind. That's my friend Robin right there. Boys, 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 the song that LT recommended was Willin'. I named my first Springer Spaniel Poco after the band in 78. Cheers from Eddie Cheddar. There you go. Can Jesse Lumsden run the ball? I love that. You know, there's there are there are fans in this town who remember everything, and I love you for it. Those obscure references make my day. Listen, it's been a lot of fun today. I've enjoyed it. We've chattered away and had some fun. Jason Greger is on the way next. It's time now for a sports update.